Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Shaq. Game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Anything's possible. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast. I'm here with Jermaine and Mike, the Brizzy Boys. How are we, how are we doing today, boys? Doing, good. Nice. doing well. Good to be back. Good to be back. We, we've got a live live pod today. No, no virtual <laughs> FaceTimes or anything going on. So just the boys in Brisbane. We've got a few things to talk about today. Um, how have we been enjoying the playoffs so far? I've, I've been really enjoying it. I've had some time to watch some, game, some games in full and... Some good, some really good series on, and yeah. some some good performances by some sometimes certain players. But we'll go into that uh, further detail of that later. Yeah, it's funny. Um, like obviously we're at Brisbane, and um, a lot of games get played while a lot of us are at work. And a mm. funny story today: the Celtics were obviously playing. They had a big game, um, and I'd, I'd gotten through my entire shift, was ready to go home. I was trying <laughs> to avoid all scores, and um, just as I was leaving. Another uh, colleague of mine who's a no, big basketball that's... fan comes in and goes, Carl Lowry, baby! <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. And then I knew instantly, just from that that comment alone, that, oh man, my, my, my Celtics, they, they're not going to win, are they? <laughs> so, that, that's the worst thing. Bit devastating. You, you've done the right thing all day. I know. And then someone just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Just just says like a few words. Yeah, I know. Lowry. And that's it. That's all you need. All you and, need. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from my well, that, sad story. That, that's who I was talking about, though. Carl Lowry's been big. Yeah, he's, he's, he has been big. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that later. How about you, Mike? You've been watching much basketball? Yeah, I've been frothing it. Loving, loving seeing Westbrook go back to his old self. Oh, mate. It's, it's comedic and sporting <laughs> watching the Rockets play. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're relishing those old Thunder days. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. coming back to me. <laughs> Now he's fucking up James Harden instead of instead of Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, so we've got a few things to talk about today, boys. Um, you know, since our last podcast, the uh, probably the biggest upset of the playoffs has happened so far. The number one ranked team overall in terms of record, the Milwaukee Bucks, have been eliminated by the Miami Heat. I don't think any of us predicted that. Callum would say he did, but he, he really didn't. <laughs> but um. This got us thinking, really. Um, obviously, Giannis was injured the last two games. Um, the Bucks actually won one of those games. The only game that they won was when he didn't play. Um, but being a, you know, he, he also was announced as Defensive Player of the Year today as well. Um, we all assume. I don't know, Mike. Do you, do you think he's going to be the MVP? That's my assumption. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're having. So we're all picking him for the MVP. So that would make him a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, still only 25. So maybe it's a bit weird and, and early <laughs> to be making this sort of argument, but we're going to be talking about what we rank Giannis all time in terms of right now um, in his career. So basically, if he never got any better, never did anything else, never made any more MVPs or defensive players of the years or never won a championship, what would we rank him right now? So I might start with you, Jermaine. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on this so far? Well... It's it's so hard to say just because he he's only twenty five years old and he's still got so much basketball to go ahead um, go um, to still to play, but I think at this stage at the moment two two MVPs. There's not many there's not many players who have got two MVPs. That's a, that's a thing. But at the same time, I'm gonna make this argument. 
MVP isn't as big of a deal as it is as it was as it used to be. Yeah. People just coast through the regular season. It really it's 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 almost up to grabs for like anyone. Yeah. For you know, if James Harden really wanted to get the MVP, you know, I think I think he could get it again. But I think just Giannis is you know still young, mm. still just likes playing the game. You know, hundred percent, hundred ten percent. What about what about the combination of MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah. Like, does that does that mean something more to you than just like the MVP on its own? Uh, that that's a pretty that's another combination that you don't see ever or like literally in, I think it's happened in the same season twice yeah. before and that was Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon Hakeem, yeah yeah and that's pretty very good company to be with so at, at this stage I'd have to rank him it's tough just because the MVPs don't mean that much to me at the give moment give me a number Jermaine. give me a number I'm gonna say just top thirty top thirty like, top thirty okay I, I can't. If you, I can't say top twenty. I'm not yep. gonna. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. See, I think top thirty for me is sounds about reasonable. Top thirty. Okay. Yeah. Mike, what do, do you have? What do you yeah, What do you reckon? I share a lot of those opinions. I think with the MVP, like theoretically, LeBron could have won the last ten. Yeah. Not that Giannis doesn't deserve this one if he gets it, or the previous one, but it's mm-hmm. more sort of out of those great five players who's trying the hardest this year wins it mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I suppose it's not really an award that's. Um, that means like who is the best player yeah. it's, it's who has had the best regular season yeah. and those are two completely different criteria. so um, when you're looking at that as like uh, ranking players in terms of their career and how good they are it's probably not the the best indicator yeah. you know shout out to Steve Nash and <laughs> players yeah. like that who have yeah. won you know back to back MVPs mm. so um, not to say that Steve Nash isn't a great player I actually yeah. really really like Steve Nash and I mm. think he was an amazing player but he's someone that comes to mind when you think okay back to back MVPs but where are they actually ranked all time yeah, so exactly. so what did, what's your number? I think around the 30 mark for me around the 30 mark? Yeah. okay okay I think I'm a bit higher than both you boys Oof. and, and I've, I've given him a specific number um, although I will throw some names at you around this mark mm-hmm. on if you think uh, Giannis is better or worse yeah. than these guys. So I had him ranked dead on 20. Um, 20? Yeah, wow. I That's had him at 20. really high to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went through all my, all my ranks, and, and when it got to number 20, there was, there was no one I could put really ahead of him based on um, his skill set, his career accolades, um, his just freakish athleticism and, mm-hmm. and, and build. Um, but for me, I, I had him on 20. I, I could be argued out of that and, and move him down a bit, but I guess it comes down to like where you like value um, stats, where you value your errors. Like you know, yeah. are we are we going to take into account players mm. like you know Moses Malone or, or, or people like that who are you You're know, on Moses Malone, mate. <laughs> but, but like it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a hard argument because yeah. you're like, okay, if I'm starting a team today, who am I going to take? Yeah. Moses Malone or Giannis? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, I'm taking Giannis, but mm. um, like those kind of arguments are, are, are difficult to have, um, and, and like it's you, you could completely argue fairly that Moses is a better, you know, has had a better career yeah. than, than Giannis, but and I couldn't really dispute that, but it's just a different yeah. point of view, so. For sure. I've got a couple of names for you guys. Um, so you guys are both around 30, right? Yeah. You're more towards 30 than it's, 20? I haven't necessarily, I mean, I haven't actually ranked top 30 in a while for yep. me, but I do know my my, my 20s. Yep. It's difficult, I reckon. And, and, it's a difficult yeah, so spot. Just, I reckon, just, yeah. Okay. Give us some names. All right. I'll, I'll give you some names. Okay. Um, 
Now, b- before we started recording, you were saying that there's a player that you reckon is pretty similar, and I've got this player ranked ahead of him, but I just want to see where you guys are at. Um, Kevin Garnett, what do you think? Giannis or Kevin Garnett? I'm going Garnett. You're going Garnett? I think I'm going Garnett by far. Okay, yeah. by heaps? By heaps, okay. yeah. Fair enough. I, I had him yeah. higher too, but I just mm. I feel like they're like similar kind of players in the way that they play, um, both defensively mm. long um, athletes, yeah. intensive players. Um, you know, Kevin Garnett won one MVP. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll quickly fact check that, but I don't think he ever won a Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he did. He got a few Ooh. first teams. He was definitely yeah. in a lot of first team yeah, all, sure. all yeah. defensive. But, but um, I don't know if he was ever years, yeah. the best defensive player. Um, so, I, in my in my rankings, I had him at four spots higher at 16. Mm. Um, okay. So I guess if, if that might be similar to your rankings, yeah. and you just have Giannis back down yeah. a bit further, but were you comfortably? Yeah, Garnet. Garnet by far. I think the the dominance comparison isn't even that different between the two, which I think would help Giannis the most out of all arguments when you're comparing these players is how skillfully dominant he is versus mm. players he uh, he versus. Um, yeah. But I think Garnet in his day was just unguardable. Well, well, let me give you some stats for Kevin Garnet, and and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pick out his his best career year basically so I'm going to take you actually when did when did Kevin Garnett win the MVP um, 2005 was it 2005 four, 2004 oh yeah that, that sounds right yeah 2004 <laughs> so in 0304 this is what he averaged 24.2 points 13.9 rebounds 5 assists a steal and a half and 2.2 blocks um, so pretty decent numbers mm. now you compare those to Giannis's numbers you know <laughs> I would say that Giannis's numbers are probably a little bit more impressive. He's obviously yeah. scoring more points. Um, he's leading a, like a team to like the best offensive rating in the NBA. Um, his blocks and steals are comparable. The, the assists, I think, it's maybe slightly in Kevin Garnett's favor, and the rebounds uh, are fairly even. Mm. Um, so, you know, you guys are saying he's way ahead of them. Mm. Um, he's already got an extra MVP. I know we we said you know MVPs, MVPs, mm. but he's already got an extra one. He's got a Defensive Player of the Year vote already I think it's a bit closer than you would say the reason that I had Kevin Garnett higher is because Garnett can shoot basically he's got got that mid-range jumper Mm -hmm. and I would estimate that if the league was like it is now he would maybe have a three-point shot back then because he had a good mechanics in his shot whereas Giannis doesn't Um, but then you'd say the athleticism is probably in Giannis's favour so Mm -hmm. I would argue that it's a bit closer than you guys might think. I think the shooting factor is my biggest thing. With, it's big, yeah. yeah just because, just that ability to just hit an open, or not, not necessarily an open jump shot, but just, just, just having the skill to shoot is such a big thing. And that's so, that's literally what we saw in the in the um the series of the Bucks and the Heat. You know, mm. Just Giannis's um inability to shoot consistently, which KG was absolutely money from like that seventeen to twenty foot range. He could he could hit that just about like every day of the week. Yeah. So that, that's what I, that's to me like it's such a big skill. On top of that, you know, just having that post game as well, passing. I think just that combination was the biggest thing for me, shooting wise. Yeah, I mean they. I mean Giannis actually in the last couple of years has averaged more assists than, than Kevin Garnett did. Mm. Um, and and also Kevin Garnett never never led his team to the finals in uh, by himself. Like he, and it wasn't until he got to Boston that. Yeah. That he was actually, you know, a championship contender. Mm. Whereas, I mean, Giannis is disappointed thus thus far. But I feel like that's not a uh, a ruling, you know, ruling them out when you compare the two. 
So yeah, I think Garnett's Timberwolves can't be compared to Giannis's Bucks. Um, Can they though? Like very well put together to yes, to I think they're better suited. Giannis's Giannis's yeah. skills. Yeah. Two reasons I'd pick Garnett over him is one, and it's probably more flat, fresh on what we've seen in the playoffs. He just has a more overall better game of basketball. There's no real weaknesses that stand out in Garnett's game at his peak. Yep. The, the mentality is the other thing. He was like that Mamba mentality level winner, which I'm not saying Giannis isn't. He sort of likes to portray that he has it, but I haven't seen it yet. No, yeah. Um, I, I think even, especially it's been highlighted this series, I feel as though, you know, there's been those questions about him guarding Jimmy Butler, you know, it, it, even like that, that last game that he played, I know he was supposedly injured, but he was still out there playing. Very tentative in the, in the last quarter. Like the team itself only scored 13 points in that fourth mm-hmm. quarter. And, and when you watch the game, Giannis was, was pretty, he was, it was pretty soft, really, yeah. Yeah. To, to put it blatantly. Like he wasn't being aggressive. It just sort of, when it came down to crunch time, he, he took his foot off the gas. So definitely a strike against him. And um, yeah, so like I said, I had Kevin Garnett ahead, um, but just think it's a little bit closer to you guys. I'll throw another name at you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, this player I actually had behind Giannis, and I would take Giannis. Um, over him any day of the week but what are your thoughts on the comparison to Charles Barkley the round mound of rebound do you guys have who who have you got rather Charles Barkley or Giannis that was my guy that was your guy damn it okay (laughs) Um, I think I'm going Giannis yep on that one I think like when I watch like the highlight packages of Dominant Barkley versus Giannis today I think Giannis has just got that that next, just that little bit more, that next level in terms of just, I guess, ability to, to dominate and, yeah, put his will on the game. Yep. What do you reckon, Jermaine? Barkley or... That was, that was a tough one as well because I was... I made a list of top five point uh, power forwards of all time. Yeah. And Barkley was like about my five. Okay. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Giannis might be there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, oh, I think I might have to go Giannis as well. But, man, Barkley... He's he's pretty good. He's really good. I mean, <laughs> he's pretty good. He, he carried the team to the to the finals as well. He did. And lost to Michael well, Jordan. Lost to Michael Jordan. So yep. then, you know, yep. fair enough. But um, yeah, that, that's a pretty big feat itself. Yes, yes. I think I think I heard Charles, but I haven't fact checked this. But I think Charles Barkley said he never got swept. So <laughs> yeah. he was proud to do that. Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you his MVP. So he also had one MVP, Charles Barkley, yeah. to Giannis's two. Um, but in his MVP year, he had 25.6 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half, and a block a game. Um, he actually um, surprisingly shot the three a little bit this year as well. He, he attempted 2.93s a game and shot him at 30.5%, which I was <laughs> surprised to actually see. I didn't. I'm pretty sure he. I think he's got like the worst three point field goal percentage. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a stat or yeah. something like that. Of, of a qualifying number of shots, <laughs> yeah, exactly. his three point percentage is the worst. Much, but, but um, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a little surprising yeah. to me. But um, so you would say again, comparable numbers to yeah. Giannis. Um, obviously at his size, you know, being. What, what, what do you reckon he is? Six foot six? I think six five? I think defensively he's not going to carry you like Giannis. That's right. So yeah. just that versatility-wise, I think yeah. I'd probably have to edge the yeah. farm with Giannis for that. And, and that's what clearly separates the two because yeah. I don't see a clear distinction between their you know shooting mm-hmm. ability. Um, but defensively and just athletically, um, I'd much rather take Giannis any day of yeah. the week. And I think that's a pretty clear 
distinction because their games are quite similar otherwise mm-hmm. um, I feel like Giannis clearly comes out on top in that head-to-head matchup um, yeah. and some people out there might have Charles Barkley as a top 20 player like in all honesty but um, I couldn't really put Giannis behind Charles nah, Giannis does it on both ends of the court when you get up to like these, this level of players yeah. every little thing yeah okay alright last power forward I'm going to throw at you guys um, Dirk Nowitzki Ooh. Dirk Nowitzki what do we think? Do we think Giannis or Dirk? Probably two completely different players. So a tough one to compare, but who are you taking, uh, Dirk or... I think this is actually easy for me. Yep. I, me. I'm going Dirk. Easily. You're going Dirk? Easily. All right. And I, Why? I, man, that, that dude won a championship. <laughs> he did. He, he did won a championship. And he carried that team. Yeah. That, that Dirk there was in, incredible. He was incredible. He was um, incredible to, to watch. I think it's shooting. I know he's not the same defensive presence as Giannis, Probably just, not close. Not, <laughs> not, not even close. Yeah. Not close. But, you know, if you build a team like they did, like Dallas did, have some good defensive principles, and then just let that so, make... So, Jermaine, you're starting a team mm-hmm. right now, and you've got your first pick has to be either Giannis or Dirk. Yeah. Now, don't worry both about their, whatever their primes, Both in their primes. Both in their primes. Yeah. Who are you picking? I'm picking Dirk. You're picking Dirk. I'm picking Ooh. Dirk. Interesting. Interesting. And that dude could score in anyone. Do you think it's close? Yeah, kind of close, but I, I think I think I think yeah. Giannis is. <laughs> I mean, I sorry, I think Dirk is. I think his his offensive ability is. Yeah, is like a plus in yeah. terms of even ranking all time greats. Yeah, so yeah. his okay. ability to shoot over anyone, seven foot dude posting up on people, fading away. You can't block that. He did change the league. He did. Yeah. He, he was the original big man shooting yeah. threes. Um, what do you what do you reckon, Mike? Dirk or Giannis? Because when you pose the question of like, if I was a GM starting, I think Giannis's peak is a better player than Dirk's peak. Well, we're talking like, say Giannis never gets better than this. So this is Giannis right now. Now Dirk. we're not trying to project. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. Like because Dirk's got the the advantage of having a far longer career so he was able to get that championship in. Yes. he was able to break all these records and I mean we're assuming we're assuming that Giannis is going to have a healthy career and he's, he's going to play another 10 I think I'd take Dirk so. higher on the all time rank but if I was a GM I would probably take Giannis if that makes sense yeah that does make sense yeah yeah these these were the guys I had I have Dirk at nineteen and yeah. I've got I've got um, Giannis at twenty mm-hmm. so these were the two that I was really flip flopping and I mm-hmm. found it really hard to, to compare the two yeah. just because they are so different yeah yeah and and my my coin flip decision making thing was that um, I just I just think shooting's a premium and and you need an ability to shoot basically um, and. Um, whilst Dirk would be a defensive liability, particularly like let's put Dirk in like today's NBA, like having to guard pick and rolls, really tough for him. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know how he would go with that. But you know, we are taking this sort of step back sort of approach and comparing all different eras. So I, I just gave the the, the nudge to, to Dirk there. Mm. But um, I think it's really really close between those two, two completely different styles and, and hard one to sort of manage. So. Um, I'm going to throw one more at you guys. I'm going to throw a non-big. Um, what do you think between Allen Iverson and Giannis? Who are you taking? AI, the answer, or, or, or Giannis? Two, again, completely different players, but we're doing this all-time rank, and, and for me, they were ballpark. And and what do you guys think? Jermaine? I think... Mike? No, no you, go, you go ahead. <laughs> I think Allen Iverson is quite an overrated player, personally. Yeah, like, fair enough. Especially in these all-time ranks. I think... He's got an MVP. 
He's got took a team. Day, took a team had, to the finals. He had this flash in the pan like five years that he was elite. But yeah. Then you look at his career as a span, and like he dropped off a cliff. Yeah. And he was always that player that sort of everyone's like, he's great, but he's not going to win a championship. And obviously, he did get to the finals one time and managed to avoid a sweep there with a crazy game one. Versus one of the best teams of all time, oh, might, I, <laughs> might I add. You know, those those Lakers were pretty dominant. I get that, but I just think his game his game is sort of similar to Carmelo in a way that it's like, yeah, you can tell he's an incredible basketball player and he's going to get those numbers, but his game was never going to lend to winning basketball, whereas I think Giannis's does. Yep. I think there's gaps in it that he needs to fix, and obviously in this conversation, it's if it ends now, so it's kind of a bit tougher. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not the advocate that Giannis needs a three-pointer. I think he just needs to have a bit of a cleaner offensive game, at least like a mid-range yeah. of some yeah. sort. Like a, like a, like a you know, post-fadeaway or something yeah, like that. Some, yeah, some other thing that he can fall back and score yeah, when reliably, he Yeah, when he's got so a bit I'm, tight. Yeah, I'm taking Giannis pretty comfortably over AI. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jermaine, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Giannis. And yeah. I, think, I think just because... I know that Allen Iverson he was he was a good defender for as a point guard but still it doesn't just because he's 5'10 maybe it still doesn't have the same impact that Giannis might have on on the defense yeah. as well and I do and I do think along similar lines as Michael as well I, I think his he, he I do think that his he was a bit of a I guess chucker yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. Gonna say, I'm gonna say I mean, his field goal percentage historically during his career. And I, I realized he was the only option on that team, but yeah. it, it never did. Even when he did go from you know from from there from 76 to Denver, it, yeah. it was always around that 40 percent. Yeah, and no. so he's always been inefficient in my eyes. And I, I mean, he got up to 40 46 percent, which for a guard is yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure his volume was probably a lot lower. Yeah, at that it stage. Was. So, it was. But yeah, even then, I, I still don't think. Um, yeah. he'd be better than Giannis honestly it, again and that's what makes these like ranking lists historical yeah. ranking lists so hard because like you're comparing a 5'10 a, 5'11 you know, shooting guard point guard to yeah. a 6'11 you know what's his wingspan 7'6 yeah. <laughs> wingspan <laughs> yeah. freak of nature yeah. um, but I, I, I again I had Giannis over Allen Iverson but just wanted to bring him up because again you know single MVP got his team to the final was mm. you know completely different kind of player but um, I guess it comes down to what you sort of value like do you value that like five year prime yeah. or, or do you value like the longevity of the career I think guards just in general don't have as long a career like because they they rely a lot on that athleticism especially an undersized guard like yeah. like Allen Iverson yeah. um, so when their athleticism goes down so too does their their ability to impact the game um, so I think I don't want to penalise AI for that that reason um, I'm so I, I sort of take his peak a little bit more um, and he was an underrated defender AI like he, he led the league in steals multiple years mm. um, so guarding the, the opposition's point guard he was he was a really underrated defender so I also want to give him credit for that but so I had him sort of just below Giannis in, in sort of like mid-20s there mm. but um in yeah. terms of you sort of going easy on AI for or, or not discrediting him too much for being 5'10", I feel like naturally you have to. Like, if you're talking about the greatest basketball players ever, yeah. they're going to be taller players. Yes, and, and like most of my players, I've got one player in my top 20 who's under six foot 
seven. Yeah, because if yeah. you are a point guard, there's realistically only so much you can do. Yeah. Because you're just that much shorter than everyone yeah. else. So I think it's just, it would be so surprising if point guards are ever really that high on the list. Yeah, 100%. Impact the game the same way the tall guards can. Be. 100%, I agree with you there. But, um, yeah, so and, and like I said, I've got him. I've got him in the sort of mid twenties in there. So, but yeah, it, it is tough for a point guard to, to get high on those all time lists. Like I said, I've only got one player. Do you only have one player under under six seven. And yeah, that, that, just, just have a quick Alan little list. No, it's not Alvis. It's Steph Curry. Okay, I was going to yeah. say <laughs> he, he better be on that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a fair <laughs> bit higher. <laughs> yeah, so he's a fair bit higher. I wasn't okay. even going to discuss that because I think it's pretty clear that he's had a better career so far. But he's my one guy who's under. Uh, I would even say maybe six foot eight. Just looking at this oh, list here. Six six. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. He make it he's, he's on the list. <laughs> the table. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna flip this the other guy, Michael right Jordan's pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's six foot six. <laughs> okay, so under six six. Okay, yeah, it was the only, only play I had. So Jeff um, Smith, not there, mate. I would encourage you guys. To, <laughs> I would encourage you guys go and maybe maybe do some rankings and maybe Giannis moves up a little bit. I, I think. Yeah, I can see him moving up after this discussion. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've seen I've seen enough from him just recently, and I know we're all fresh with that taste in our mouth that he's like been knocked out by the heat, and yeah. But we'll see how we go. All right. So moving on, some other news in the NBA. We've had um, uh, coach firing. You know, every day there's a new coach fired, new coach hired. The um, the coaches seem to go around and around in circles in the NBA. But just wanted to touch on um, there's. Uh, currently five positions in the NBA that has a uh, coach opening now um, so it was Billy, Billy Donovan that got fired from the OKC Thunder I, who, I don't think he got fired though oh they, they just didn't oh okay yeah they mutually well, part ways <laughs> alright I, I think he said no oh he said reckon I think, really I think that's what it actually came out I think he said he didn't want to coach really him. I read the Thunder just didn't pursue an extension yeah. well, no, I, I, I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he can get another job somewhere else. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I always think that if they're mutually part ways, it's it's management going. All right, we're doing something different. Yeah. No, no disrespect, but yeah, I think he's a bit stiff. But he, he'll probably get another job in the NBA. Sure. It always seems to happen. So, but what we wanted to talk about today was basically the five teams that have um, some vacancies. Just some like quick little um, options that might be good fits for the team. So the New Orleans Pelicans. Philadelphia 76ers, OKC Thunder, Chiro Bulls, and India Pacers all have vacancies. Um, just basically your guys' perfect fit for each of those teams and just a quick little reason why. So, Mike, do you want to start? you got a couple of coaches um, lined up for us? Well, I think one coach in the sort of free agency part yeah. of coaches stands out to me, and that's Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. I think, like, from a Thunder's perspective, I think that would that would be great because it's not a not a too dissimilar makeup in terms of team that the Nets yep. had so yep. scoring guards a couple scoring options in the bigs and you've got a defense banker in Steven Adams so I think if they could nail down Kenny Atkinson who's still a pretty young coach as well yeah he is young to man, other guys to man that rebuild I don't know if they're trading CP or not but I think he would be the number one option for sure yeah I like that I, I've got him as my number one best coach available basically mm. um for my own selfish reasons, I kind of hope he goes to the Pelicans, <laughs> just because I would love to see a, a Kenny Atkinson offense with yeah. the Pelicans, and they play really fast. Mm. And, and I like to see you know someone like Zion and Drew and, and Lonzo in, yeah. in the open court, just um, running up and down, just running up and down. Yeah. Um, I think that he emphasizes the three point shot a lot, Kenny Atkinson, and he's really overachieved. Like that, yeah. the Brooklyn Nets team is, you know, if you look at the roster, it's it's not that talented. Mm. Um, 
And I was, I mean, I'm not surprised because you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving there just pulling strings behind the scenes. But I, I, I was mildly surprised to hear that he got fired before they even, you know, went into the playoffs. Um, and he didn't even see out the, the rest of the season. So um, I definitely think he's the number one candidate out yeah. there. Um, do you have someone else, Jermaine, that you'd like oh, to see? Well, I definitely, um, Kenny Atkinson, just like you guys, he was my number one option. But I thought, I thought he'd be a good idea for uh, Philadelphia to check out. Oy. I, I think I think there's just so much potential in Philly. I've got another just, option for you at Philly. What yeah. What are your thoughts on Tyrone Lue at, at Philadelphia? Um, he's he's a good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. Um, I think maybe he could be that you know that players coach that they just need someone to just kind of bring everyone together. This is my reasoning. You know, Philadelphia. The biggest thing that we've heard from them all year is chemistry, right? Yeah, like shit chemistry. You know, they've got two big superstars, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Mm. Who's got experience with dealing with two big superstars and chemistry issues? Tyrone Lue. Yeah. Like, he won a championship, like, with, yeah. with, with the Cavs against the, you know, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Like, the, the best team Big Big ever, credit to basically. him. Yeah, big so, credit to him. So, that's, that's my reasoning for him. Um over, over someone like Kenny Atkinson yeah. um, I, I sort of picked them so if I was the, the Philadelphia I would want Kenny Atkinson first but for my mm. selfish reasons I think <laughs> I think Tyrone Lee would be good there yeah but, no, no, yeah Tyrone Ty, Ty Lee would be pretty good with them yeah just yeah, sounds yeah, like we're all pretty nice. big fans of Kenny Atkinson though I think Kenny Atkinson I think well I was doing a bit of research on just Philadelphia's like season they just that they just had and pretty pretty uh, mediocre you know, yeah, kind of um, offense and defense they had. Yeah, it was pretty real, very, very like slow pace. It's very vanilla. We're, weren't shooting too many threes, even though they have mm. pretty good shooting guys. But um, it's just the slow pace. I think that just kind of held them back and just kind of limited them um, offensively. And, and I think I think man, they they need to do something with Ben Simmons. He's such a talent to, in my eyes. What, what, what do you what do you mean they've got not, to do I, something with him? Like, I, I think well, he's six ten. That's as fast as a point guard. Yeah. If he can just control an offense going like like yeah. full speed, I think Kenny Atkinson's that guy that, to kind of yep. give him that offensive like uh, freedom just to you know, push the push a pace. But um, that that comes with yeah different coaching philosophies, and I think Kenny Atkinson has that. Yeah, so, I think he would definitely provide a bit more spacing there, which is something yeah, I think they yeah. lack. Yeah. And he's been known to sort of been. Um, run good offensive offensive sets with that in mind. Mm. Um, so that's why I said um, Kenny Atkinson for Philadelphia. Yep, fair enough. Some other some other positions I, I liked um, the look of was um, for OKC. You said you wanted uh, Kenny Atkinson over there. I, I actually thought Nate McMillan would be a good good fit there. He was my next sort of yeah. younger coach. Yeah, he's, he's done some good things out of paces. I'd be keen to see him in another. My, my reasoning yeah my reasoning for that was just the work that he did with like the guards there yeah. um, and and because OKC is a bit of a funny team because like are they going to be trying to contend next year mm-hmm. or are they like sort of rebuilding yeah. like they've got all these picks they've got Shea um, SGA there but a couple of older guys mm-hmm. like I don't really know which direction they're going to go in they were a bit of a surprise this mm-hmm. year yeah like even coming to this year you thought they were still yeah. rebuilding I thought they were in a, a rebuild yeah. just so, like you thought like Chris Paul would just be a mentor yeah he would just be just there to sort of Help them out, but all of a sudden they're yeah. in the playoffs yeah. and they're <laughs> competing, but um, taking Houston to seven games. So, yeah, not really sure what their direction is. Yeah, and, and those guys are just getting older, you yeah. know. So, I, I feel like in, in my mind, you want a younger coach, someone who is on the like development side of things a bit more, but still able to maybe get a team overachieving. And I think Meg McMillan's that sort of guy. Like, I think, in all fairness, Indiana's overachieved yeah. compared to what their talent is. Mm, yeah. Um, 
And you even saw when, like, say, Oladipo went from um, Oklahoma City to the Pacers. Nate McMillan was the coach at the time, and that's when he made his big jump. Like, that's when he went from, you know, serviceable starter to all-star mm. in that Paul George trade. And everyone was like, oh, my God, like, they, they won the trade. Um, so I think that he would be able to get the best out of someone like SGA, um, which is, like, the biggest reason. Because I think that should be their focus, really. Yeah. yeah moving forward so hmm. what do you reckon is that was it similar sort of yeah thing that would be my fallback if they didn't get Kenny Atkinson um, yeah OKC is a weird one because I feel like they're not going to pay Gallinari what another team will so I think no. he's leaving in free agency and then at that point you'd probably trade CP yeah you're not contending anymore so I think they are going to a rebuild yeah yeah Gallinari's a unrestricted free agent isn't he yeah, yeah. and um, you've got you know some weird contracts like Steven Adams in there and yeah um, so yeah it'd be interesting to see which way they go um, so yeah and I guess the, the coach hire will be telling uh, mm. I think depending on if they go with someone who's a bit more development but um, yeah. we'll see um, thoughts on the Chicago Bulls they're a bit of a bit of a weird box over in the east um, do you guys have any thoughts on who they should hire who uh, <laughs> cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think they just need to find someone that I think that Zach likes I th- I, him and Jim Boylan yeah. didn't get along very well Jim Boylan's just a shit coach right? <laughs> I can't believe how long they kept on doing like, oh, the God. stories that were coming out it was just ridiculous that they never fired him and like yeah. like this is not the first time we've heard of Jim Boylan being no. a shit coach yeah. like it's the Tom Thibodeau thing again like how many times is like bad teams need to yeah. Like far out, just like try a different coach. You know, yeah. grab someone from college. And it, do it. it's good they finally pulled that trigger because you know it's, Zach's looking pretty good these days. And you, you, you don't wanna, want him to walk and just yeah, go he, somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. so yeah. I, I, I personally, I reckon Brett Brown is a fit there. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't know really. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do with the balls, but yeah. but uh, if I was choosing anyone, Brett Brown, he he, you know, took that rebuilding mm. um, Philadelphia team and. Took yeah. them to the playoffs. Yeah, true. I, well, I, you can do I, I had Mark Jackson. Maybe he's oh, just because he, Mark Jackson. It's a similar thing. Like just yeah. kind of bringing up the Golden State boys. And, That's a fair uh, point. He, so he's a good development. Just coach, so, yeah, someone like that. Yeah, for the, for the boys to get around and. Yeah, know. fair enough. <laughs> any other any other hot takes from the coaching? Anyone reckon <laughs> Becky Hammond's getting a gig or? Oh, or, I don't know. Tim Duncan seems to have overtaken her. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see some coach, <laughs> coach Duncan. That'd no, be I, cool. I want to see Becky Hammond. I want to see what, what what she can do. Yeah, I reckon she'd be a good coach. You know, I, spe- I think I think she would do a better job in the Spurs. Yeah. Like, say, yeah. Pop was to retire. Hmm. I think that's the best. Oh, it's definitely thing for the most her. like progressive team that are always pushing the boundaries. So. Yeah, and I think like the culture would would allow for the the players yeah. to respond yeah. to her as a coach. Um, so I would I would want to see that happen really. Uh, I, I think with with the Bulls, I think when you're one of the the lower teams and you don't have any good coaches available, I don't get why more teams don't take a punt on college and yeah, hundred percent coaches, 100%. just for the chances of unlocking a Brad Stevens. That's exactly what I was thinking. It of. makes no sense to me that they keep rehiring. Like yeah, Boyle are, are, you ta- are you talking about any team spe- uh, specifically, like, well, like Chicago the, or the the Knicks or, or something? Like, or? <laughs> <laughs> you already got Thibodeau. <laughs> You've already got the best coach out there, man. Yeah, the other team's got to catch up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had the exact same, the exact same thought. Like, you know, for the Celtics as an example, like we we lost we lost um, Doc Rivers, you know, mm. one of the best coaches in the league at the time, um, and then you know we don't go looking for like the next. You know Jim Boylan or Tom Tibbs, but mm. like just grabbing someone from college who has the smarts about them, young coach. Like we're gonna have we're gonna have him for like twenty years basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've set up 
basically with the coaching department um, for many years to come. So you might strike gold. You know, who knows? And what's the worst thing? You worst just case, you just find another Jim Boiler. Yeah, <laughs> just like deciding go straight for Jim Boiler. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense. And they, they sign up for all these years. Yeah. Oh no. I've, I've got another coach for you. All right, last one. Here we go. Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> yeah, just on the Pelicans. I don't want to lose him. On the Pelicans, on the Pelicans as well. On the Pelicans. Chuck him on the Pelicans. Oh, no. I'd love to just see him like yelling at Zion. <laughs> just the entire game. Yeah, I'd just love to see them standing next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> the size difference. Oh, yeah, man. I'd, be, I'd be about that. Yeah. I just I said just entertainment value would be great. <laughs> <laughs> just to see him coaching again just for the just, memes bro yeah, just for the memes name. yeah fair love, love and hate him yeah. I, want, I want the Pelicans to be good though so <laughs> I don't know I, hey, I he's a good coach him. yeah he's a, he's a coach of Team USA as well is he actually he is yeah mm, I didn't know that there you go <laughs> so I feel like yeah. he's incredible they don't really coach much in that Team USA though no they just yeah. go well, they, play they boys. lost to Australia so yeah oh, <laughs> go to the Aussies go to the Boomers um, alright we'll move on from there guys enough talking about coaches um, now I've got a bit of a, a bone to pick with the NBA and it's and it's voters mm-hmm. of these awards because the votes have come out on, on some of these awards specifically for the defensive team mm-hmm. and uh, this six man award has really been grinding my gears you guys are probably getting sick <laughs> of my messages on our chat <laughs> but my man, Marcus Smart, did not get a single vote for the six-man. And guess who did? Dwight Howard. What the actual fuck? Like, does anyone actually think that Dwight Howard's a better player than Marcus Smart? Like, do we think that? Dwight Howard, man. Dwight Howard, man. <laughs> Including this one other guy, this one other media member dude who voted for him as a six-man of the year. Do you have a name for that media man? Uh, no, they're anonymous, no. but... <laughs> Bloody hell, I'd love to find out. Yeah. How is Marcus Smart not getting a single vote? Talk to me, Jermaine. Is it just oh. the fact that this award is dumb and they just think that it's all about points? The award is dumb, I will say that. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart doesn't doesn't put up points as like we... like we. Um, he had a triple-double today, did you know? Did you did you see that? Oh, he, he had a 20-point triple-double? He, he's looking like an all-star to me right the now. Man, like, he's the oh. man. <laughs> and this is not new. Like He actually yeah. had a great season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. He's solidifying his role. He's going to get paid... Uh, within the next few years do people just not know that he comes off the bench in the regular season like did they not know that I don't know did he miss the cutoff? like am I missing something here what's going on he's not a scoring shooting guard Lakers he just Dwight Howard though Lakers (laughs) were number one Lakers Lakers were like number one seeding in the the west sorry are you making an argument for Dwight Howard right now I'm trying to just (laughs) fuck reason with you all season Lakers issue was the bench how are you then rewarding one of their bench players and if you get a reward I'm just trying to comfort him that's all (laughs) I know he's in pain I'm trying to give him something don't try don't try if you're not going to reward a Lakers player off the bench is it not Kyle Kuzma yeah, yeah. I mean, over Dwight Howard. He is the actual. Oh, I mean, I don't know who their six man is even. Yeah, They're, I don't even know. It goes back and forth. But six man has genuinely become like who's your best scorer off the bench, yeah. which yeah. shouldn't be the case. It should be who's best, your best player. bench player. Who's yeah. the best who's player the who doesn't start? Yeah, should be the thing. You know, yeah. like and yeah. that often will be the guy who scores the most because scores scoring is valuable, but. Like, surely Mark Smarts gets one vote from one media member. I think he, like, realistically should have won it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I still didn't even have it as winning it, but, like, he was in my top three. He's impacting a really great team way more than any of these other guys. And I'm not necessarily mad at, like, a couple of the times Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams won it because that's sort of what the Clippers needed and they were filling that role and they were super important to how the Clippers won games. 
But then the media's just run with that. I think Marcus Smart played such a pivotal role to Celtics' game plan. 100%. May yeah. not translate on the points column, yeah. but it doesn't mean he's not super vital and he's doing it for like a, a strong team. Well, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is that the same guys who vote for these awards also voted Marcus Smart as the... He's into the first team all defensive as the starting guard. Like He's on the two, the two top guards <laughs> defensively in the entire league, but he's not the best player off the bench. Anyway, it doesn't make sense to me. Also wanted to give a shout out to Luka Doncic, Aaron Baines and Andre Drummond who all got votes from <laughs> from these uh, media members in the defensive teams. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, we need to like find these people who voted for these people and take away their votes because that sucks. Yeah, I think... Luka Doncic? Like, we all love Luka Doncic here. That's just some <laughs> Dallas Hill belly. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, come on, people. Aaron Baines? Have you seen that Twitter uh, um, account that's like Aaron Baines hype? No, you, seen no. Oh, it must have been that guy that got a vote somewhere. Hey, Aaron, Baines, Aaron Baines is good, man. Is he all defensive, like no, NBA? He's not. He's not. Bloody hell! Uh, anyway, maybe he should have got six man things. Does he? It's just he a, it's just a flashy award. Whoever's putting up highlights and. Just, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, we'll move on. Um, one thing that I do want to talk about with these defensive teams, Patrick Beverly, is the name that caught my eye. Caught a lot of people's eye. Yeah. I think. Um, do we actually think he's uh, a good defender, or or is he just someone that yells and screams and plays? With high energy, what what do we think? Is is Patrick Beverly good at defending? I think he's good, but I'm along the lines of Westbrook, and he says that he he tricks people. <laughs> <laughs> tricks people. He tricky old man. Yeah. He just he's just gritty kind of thing. Runs into screens and does all the hard work. But I'll say he's a good defender. Yeah. I'll say he's good. I don't think he deserves um, second team or defense. Do you um, I think, think he's like a better defender than say Lonzo Ball when he's on his game? Oh yeah, I'd say he's a better defender. Oh, Lonzo's I, I do rate Lonzo. Like I think I think Patrick Beverly is I like Patrick Beverly. I like what he's about. He's a bit of a dick sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I like he him. He has player, created yeah. this narrative that he's a better yep. defender than he is. And I think oh. it's sort of, I hate when he gets compared to Tony Allen. Because yes, people can not them. No. Because they're just two gritty players. But Tony Allen was such a good defender. Yeah, and 100%. Pat Beverly is like an annoying defender. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. frustrates people, but he's not like a lockdown defender. No, no. He, he, yeah, that, that's the perfect way to describe him. He's an annoying defender. Like, he's an antagonist, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, just to bring up some names of people who didn't get in, who, in my opinion, are much more deserving. You've got people like Drew Holiday, um, Chris Paul. Um, you've got people like... Um, I would even throw in like like an Avery Bradley even mm. like for the Lakers or something like that you know like there's and I could go on with a few more but uh, even a Chris Dunn for the Bulls yeah. you know all these other guys that are much better defenders but I feel like Patrick Beverly just gets there on like name value because the Clippers are on the you know they're on national winning television games, a lot yeah. they're winning games and, and like you said he's just loud and commands just people watching him and mm. every now and again he'll have a good play but you know James Harden had a great block the other day it doesn't mean yeah. he's a great defender mm. um, yeah so that just sort of yeah. caught my eye a bit and I personally wouldn't have him in my third team all defensive so yeah. um, not to say he's a bad defender I think he's probably average if not above average but there's some really good defenders out there that deserve a bit more credit. Mm. Drew Holiday's probably the one that comes to my yeah. mind the most. That, yeah, that every year Drew Holiday doesn't make one of those two teams. I lose a bit of respect for that. <laughs> and, and the players agree. Like, I, I've seen a lot of, lot of talk on Twitter. Everyone, all the players, like, you know, Damian Lillard and all these other guys. Eagle Dollar came out the other yep. day with, like, a tweet. 
he is probably the best defensive guard in the league. I yeah, hundred percent. Kind of Ben Simmons, maybe he can make a bit more of an impact just because of his size. But I yeah. think like for a traditional guard, Drew Holiday is the number one defensive. Yeah, yeah. and he gets left off the list every year. So mm. yeah, just just something that, that frustrates me a little bit those awards. But anyone else on those awards you uh, or those lists that you might want to? I feel like trade out with. Huh? Why did Bledsoe make that list? Bledsoe have less. He's a good. He's a good defensive good, guard. But I think that was more a thing of like Bucks are the number one team. Yeah, yeah. let's chuck someone on here. I did have when I was doing my awards when we had that podcast. I, I did find it hard to pick things like that because how much is the defensive mm. schemes? How much is the individual players? So yeah. I would have liked someone from the Raptors to get onto the team. Um, not one of their players got on there. Mm. Maybe like a Siakam or a, a Fred VanVleet or something like that. Yeah. Um, just because their defense was so solid, mm. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that Bam Adebayo made it, um, yeah. not as a center. Um, I didn't know that they were allowed to do that. If I, when I was making my list, I definitely would have had him on there. If I didn't have um, like a two centers there, yeah. um, the other one was Embiid. I feel like Embiid should have been there over Brook Lopez. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like he's a much better defender. Lopez has the blocks, but. In terms of like actual defensive yeah. changing shots and things like that, and B is more impactful. Yeah, and I think it did, that just came down to Bucks overall defensive efficiency rating. Yeah, it was just it was number one. Do you think the blocks had a thing to do with it? You know, well, I think he was blocks. he was a bit more um, honed in on defense this year. He, even watching in the series, even though they you know they, they lost the series, but you could tell that he was still making impact on just you know making right rotations and still being a defensive anchor so I give him that credit but yeah I'd, I'd still choose Joel, Joel yeah. over him um, as a better defender yeah I mean Joel, Joel was the next voted centre but he was a fair bit behind um, Brooke Lopez there so yeah I do say the, the they're not horrible picks though yeah. I would say like they're defendable <clears throat> uh, yeah but yeah, I guess that's what you want to pick because if you're sort of just going off best defender, quiet should never leave the first team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess they're taking it more season by season, which I can justify. Probably Brook more over the more over than Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, I think the defense was sort of built around him a bit more. It was an idea of we're just going to funnel them into Brook uh, to Brook, and mm. he sort of did his job this year. So I can get that he gets a pick there. Yeah, fair enough. I, yeah, and I guess it's just like. The difference of the different, you know, it's a guard versus center sort of yeah. comparison. Mm-hmm. So I would have much rather had like a Drew Holiday in there over Bledsoe than like an Embiid yeah. over yeah. Um, a Brook Lopez. But, but how, how are you just at though? Three three players from the same team, yeah, on those lists on, on the two teams. I think yeah. that's that's pretty hard to come by. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. You know, maybe you go back to like those Detroit days or like those yeah, real big defensive teams, yeah. like to, to find players like that. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, didn't help in the playoffs though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. Bucks. <laughs> um, but we will touch on a bit of playoff basketball here, just just to wrap it up, guys. Um, and it, it's with a heavy heart that we have to talk about this. You guys can take the lead, but I do want to touch on the Celtics and Raptors. Obviously, we had a game six today, double overtime. My boys, they uh, they fought hard. Um, I will throw an interesting stat out there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a new NBA record, guys. Uh, Kemba Walker. I want to talk about him. <laughs> He's, he's got a new NBA record. He was the first player in playoff history to play over 50 minutes and score five or fewer points. Wow. Let's go, Kemba. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit that was a bit soul-crushing, but yeah. the Raptors win. Um, we've got a game seven on Saturday or Friday, America time. Who do you, who do you got there for that? <laughs> for that game I don't seven, even want to hazard a guess. I, I, I originally did say Celtics in seven, though. Yeah. That was my original prediction. So... 
my prediction is still possible. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. What do you yeah. think, Jermaine? You, you well, originally picked the Raptors. I picked the Raptors in six. <laughs> Man, I, the Raptors, even though they've won a few games lately, they've been struggling. They've been struggling. Each shot, I'm literally just watching and like, I'm just like, is that actually gonna go in? It goes in, and I'm like. Cool. I'll take it. <laughs> so, like, I, Celtics have been playing better easily the entire series. And so why is it tired, Jermaine? What, what's it's a tired because Kyle Lowry has been just digging deep. That's what. Kyle Lowry, there's a few, you know, performances, but, like, Norman Powell, he also came pretty pretty clutch this, this yeah. last game, yeah, this, um, this game as well. But, man, they've, they've had to dig deep, and that's the only reason they've, they've still made it a series, honestly. Yeah. Celtics have been playing better. But and I I think they'll you think they'll win Celtics it. Celtics should they 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 are the better team in my eyes, and they should win it. But hey, if Carlo game seven game like yeah. That, yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen in game seven. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I'm the same. Celtics are the better team, but anything can happen when you get to a game seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what does work in the Raptors' favor, and especially for the next series, is they're not like you don't know who's gonna give you the good the good nights each yeah. time yeah. which is frustrating from a Raptors perspective but in terms of setting up a defense it's really hard to scheme yeah. against yeah um, I think the biggest reason that the, the Raptors have been able to get back into this series and the biggest reason why I'm worried that we may potentially lose a game 7 has been Nick Nurse like I think he has particularly on the defensive side of the, the ball just done an amazing job in terms of the first two games, they were playing strict man-to-man, yeah. and they were, they were trying to guard up on us. I mean, if you look at the two teams next um, next to each other, they actually match up really similarly um, in terms of like you know, you know Pascal Siakam and, and OG Ananobi, your two bigger wing players. You've got we've got Jalen Brown and, and Tatum. Um, the centers are sort of on the lesser side of the um, offensive impact in, in both teams, but. The way he was in the last four games been able to switch in and out of zones, box and ones, mm. blitzes, switching, um, and just it's it's completely thrown off the Celtics' ability to get a reliable and easy score. Every score that we we get, apart from I think it was Game Five where we sort of blew them away early, um, has been difficult, and it's it's something that I'm worried that I don't know if we have an answer to like they sat in the zone a lot in this previous game today and we found it really hard to score we've so, we've, we've seen bits of Ennis Cantor being thrown in there mm. um, obviously I'm hoping Kemba scores more than five fucking points <laughs> in game seven but um, yeah I, I'm, I think Nick Nurse is the biggest reason that the Raptors are still in this series um, so big shout out to him um, I think he's been the better coach this so far this series and that's that's a lot to say because I really rate Brad Stevens really highly mm. um, so do you think he could pull something out of his hat or am I or should I sleep easier tonight like I think you're going to get a bit more production out of Kemba yeah I bloody um, hope so you, you, <laughs> like even though he was he only gave you five, five points he was still getting in the lane still making plays and stuff like that yeah but I mean yeah that, that zone like yeah it was just kind of throwing different things at Boston and Forcing them, to, forcing them to adjust to the fly is what kind of threw them off um, offensively, and so I also I also noticed a bit in, in this game in particular that um, the centers for the Raptors didn't play as many minutes. They went small a fair bit with yeah. like Pascal at center, mm-hmm. and I think that could be a big reason why Kemba was really quiet because he's like one of the best pick and roll guards in yeah. the league, and so he feasts on a lot of. Um, like um, getting those switches onto the big guys, breaking them down, pulling up for the mid-range or getting all the way to the rim. So I worry that if 
they do that a bit more in game seven. They have a lot of Pascal Siakam on those switches. He, there's no matchup really that Kemba can really expose, yeah. um, which sort of nullifies his impact. So yeah. I'm hoping that they go away from that a little bit and, and Kemba can get off the chain at least early, but um, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, they, they, and they specifically did that just for that for that reason. Yeah, but um, but on the other side, like Daniel Tice... He's been cleaning up those offensive yeah. rebounds. So yeah, that, that is something, yeah. yeah. That's something that you'll have to continue to keep going with. Yeah. But um Yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. We'll see how we go. I I'm I'm confident that he's gonna have at least more than five points. <laughs> Six. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll have back to back records. <laughs> but um, we'll see how we go. Um the follow on question, who do you guys think is better suited to take on Miami? Uh I actually think Raptors. You think Raptors? Why? I think Miami and Spolster really schemed against Bucks, and that's why I think they dominated. They had such a... I think they had the matchup, hey? Such an... Or, yeah, they do, especially with Bam, they do match up probably better than any team in the East to deal with Giannis. But on top of that, they had a game plan and stuck to it. I think it's hard to come up with a defensive game plan to deal with Toronto in a way because the hot hand changes from game to game. Yeah. Like, you sort of can't plan for Norman Power coming off the bench and scoring 25 points. Yeah. But it happens at least once a series. I mean, the same can be said for Miami, though. Like, they're getting scorers from all around. Like, you know, Goran Dragic is going off. Tyler Hero is going off. Jay Crowder is having, you know, a good game. So, similar sort of thing can be said for them. That's true. I think Toronto are the better defensive team as well. Yeah. Celtics. Probably like Celtics are, are the better team. Yeah. But I think Toronto kind of are made for the playoffs a bit more. Yeah, I think yeah, and to go back to that um, Nick Nurse situation, I think his defensive scheme is a bit more versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, rather, like like you're saying, like Miami sort of schemed for the Bucks yeah. specifically. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Nick Nurse has, has that greater ability to, to be more flexible and moldable depending on the matchups. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. What do you think, Jermaine? I think I'm gonna have to say Boston. Honestly, like as as much as I love Toronto, I think. I think Siakam has just been a bit of a non... He has been a non-factor in this series, honestly. And I think that's something that Eric Spolster can just do exactly the same. Just because it's... I think um, a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of trouble just getting post-offs with Siakam. He's been, he's been struggling there. And I think there's a few guys on Miami that can eliminate that game. Or a similar thing as well. And so I'm going to say Boston because... Man, Marcus Smart, he's a game changer. Yeah. He's, he's been a game changer. He's been in, like, hit the three, and he's looking like an all-star. So if you have Kemba, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen, and Tatum, that's a lot of firepower. And I still think I think Brad Stevens is still – his defense is still pretty definitely, good. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course. If they play a man, um, they're, they're still pretty good in their rotations as well. So I still think that they can – they can um, do work against Miami, so I'll yeah. say Boston for that. I, li- I like. I, I'm probably being a bit homer here, but um, I do like. I do like the Celtics. When, when I found out, obviously we watched it as we go along, but when I, when I saw that Miami was advancing to the finals, mm-hmm. uh, the Eastern Finals, um, as a Celtics fan, I was sort of relieved a little bit that we didn't have to go up against the Bucks because I thought that was going to be our kryptonite. You know, guarding Giannis, we don't really have an answer for that. Whereas I feel like as the Celtics, we match up a lot better to a team like Miami. I don't think Goran Dragic is going off for 25 points against the Celtics. I don't think, I don't think you know, maybe one or two of them, but like, you know, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Kendrick Nunn, all these like other guys are not going to be scoring as freely against us because mm. our perimeter defense, I yeah. feel, is much stronger 
than, than the Bucks. The Bucks have a bit of a stronger interior presence, whereas I think the Celtics, their perimeter defense, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Brown, you know, we've got all these these longer guys that can guard the perimeter players. So, and hopefully, and I think if we walk into that series, you know, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, you know, I still think at this point, Jimmy Butler may be a better player than Jason Tatum, but it's not by much. It's mm. it's a coin flip, really, um, in terms of who's the better player. Um, Jason Tatum offensively might, might even be a bit better. So I, I feel confident with the star power walking into that series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I don't think Raptors have that um, go-to guy. I mean, Kyle Lowry's been amazing, but how long can he keep it up? You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Seven, eh? Yeah. So... Well, we might wrap it up there, boys. Um, we'll catch up with everyone next week. We're, we're looking to keep it a regular sort of time. Um, next week, we're, we're going to be having a bit of a conversation. I know that Callum's a big Miami fan, so we're going to be talking um, Jimmy Butler and, and clutch players. So we'll see how that one turns out. So tune in for that one, guys. Um, and if you uh, listen to us on uh, iPhone or if you have an iPhone, please give us a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, and tell your mates about it anyone who watches NBA um, loves basketball let them know about the pod and um, we'll we see you guys shout, oh, oh shout, shout out to our international fans by oh, the way oh yeah Man, we got, we, this list is growing here this is growing we got- shout, out, shout out to Ireland Sweden France UK NZ Mexico, Spain, Germany, Colombia, and Brazil. Mate. Oh, man. We're international. We are international. Oh, and the US as well. Oh, go. yeah. The States. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of a pocket in Dallas there. The boys listening <laughs> to us. Loving our, loving our uh, Luca hype. And it might be Luca himself. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Luca. All righty, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya.